Hey there, how's it going? It's your host Andrew and the audio guy Josh from Blocks and Talks, where we discuss about the world of Lego, from reviews of the latest sets to discussions about the hobby itself and even trending news within the community. All right, this week's episode is going to be a little different. We're going to be reacting to Solid Brick Studios' interview with the Lego Star Wars design team. So, yeah, big thanks to Solid Brick Studios for providing this interview. Be sure to check them out on YouTube. I know I've met you before. Um, oh yeah. I don't know if I've met. I, well, I just met you. Yeah. How I'm serious. There we are. Was it over Zoom? I don't think we met in person. Maybe not. Gotcha. But, but uh, I represent Solid Brick Studios, a uh, big Lego Star Wars YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. um, so obviously, I guess we're going to be talking about the previous summer wave, uh, 22, right? So yeah. you guys. That's where we got for you. You guys were kind of. Um, Talking about feedback, uh, so yeah. Well, you if there's anything else Andrew. you want to ask or what do you whatever, have? then feel free. Mm -hmm. So it was just we thought this was definitely relevant to talk about since it's our latest <laughs> launch wave. Right. So, yeah. uh, but if there's other things, then yeah, cool. Um, well, I guess uh, first question is, I think uh, you know personally reviewing. I've reviewed all the sets on my YouTube channel, and from what I've seen from fan feedback, is that the um, Cad Bane ship here. Uh, that it's has some good minifigures, you know, the overall shapes there, but, you know, I think there there is kind of a question the community's had, especially when comparing to the ATT, a value proposition between these two, because this obviously is more expensive than, than this set, but this comes with more pieces and more minifigures. Uh, obviously this has, you know, Cad Bane um, with the new mold and all that, so I, I assume that attributed to a little bit of the cost of the set. Please care, uh, clarify that for me, but, you know, why why do you why did this end up being higher price even though this at least to fans from what I've seen is people consider this the better value and see this as just kind of an, uh, a higher price than I think a lot of fans would expect it to be. Mm -hmm. Part of it is also it's uh, bigger pieces mm -hmm. in general it consists of a lot of bigger pieces. Like yeah. So, um, but yeah, I think it was our goal to to kind of replicate the size of that ship yeah. mm -hmm. uh, in the universe that it comes from, the Cad Bane ship, like I think Jens mentioned downstairs, about wanting to incorporate features like the, the holding line. cell yeah. that we plays a fairly uh, um, big role in this mm -hmm. in the, some of those scenes there, mm -hmm. so um, scaling it down would mm -hmm. have uh, made that really, I mean it was, it was challenging enough just to make room mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. uh, had it been a, a much smaller, it would have been a, even more challenging. So I, I think that it's, yeah, uh, when you start off working on a model, at some point you start defining its scale and, and this was working for us, so. Uh, mm -hmm. um, it's with the yeah. engine function as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and then also it was, how do you say, to try something out mm -hmm. to make something different than a Millennium Falcon mm -hmm. uh, on uh, as the, the highest price point. Mm -hmm. So so that was the popularity of Cad Bane doesn't hurt either. You know? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. To yeah. have him in there so, and, uh, yeah. and Omega. Alright, so it looks like Solid Studios, aka I'll refer to him as David, he's not holding back. I thought this interview would be like the cheesy kind where he'd be a Lego show and be like, Oh, what's your favorite set? What do you like about Lego? So I like that he's not holding back. He's like he came in swinging. He just asked them right on the dot. He's like 
why is the justifier so darn overpriced? And you could hear it from the designer's voices. Like they were nervous about it. They were kind of like, yo, what? They're like, kind of just like, what? And I agree, like, why in the world is that thing $170 when the ATT is $30 less? Gives argue, like, uh, undeniably better figures, more figures, and I think looks better because, well, based on what they said, it looks like larger plates, unique figures. I'll give them that. Yeah, it definitely does have larger plates to construct that kind of like distinct shape of Cad Bane ship. Um, the uh, Cad Bane is new. Toto 360 is new. Omega is new. And I'll give him that. But I just don't see how that justifies $30 more for a set where there's less play features. Um, doesn't look as great. Or actually, no, that's subjective. But less play features, less figures. And it's just a big gray box. Like, I'm just failing to see it. And it looks like their justification is that that was actually the best price they could come up with because one of them didn't mention that, like, um, going down in size wouldn't make it look good, which I guess implies that the, that is the cheapest they can make it, which I think is interesting that that's what they thought. Of course, mm -hmm. another character from the Bad Batch that we wanted to hit, yes. they kind of all made sense in this context. Yeah, Toto 360, and, too. And the droid, of course. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah actually, uh, three new elements in there. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, that's nice. Got you. So, um, you know, there's plenty of different ships that pop up in, uh, obviously, the first season of the Bad Batch. You know, what made you guys, was this just, like, the coolest ship that you guys were drawn to, or is there, like... Two or three options, maybe you can't name them, but like, uh, was was there uh, other things being considered, or is this the the go-to right away from the bad batch? We decided on that early on, very early, we, and it was as also made talking about. We have Cat Bane is such a cool character, and mm -hmm. we just thought, hey, there's so much. The story around this mm -hmm. was exciting, mm -hmm. and it was definitely something we could. Uh, and Omega was also a yeah. Character. It worked. Yeah, it yeah. the context really worked because yeah. we wanted, really yes. wanted that character. Yeah. And, yeah. and of course, when we well, yeah, they completed with the Bad Batch shuttle that came out the year prior. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, yes. so, yeah. So that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Um, I think uh, based off what I've personally seen, the ATT. Mm, interesting. So it looks like that was like one of the early decided mm, vehicles or things to represent in Bad Batch. It looks like there weren't too many slots to have, which is completely fine. Interesting. So I'm trying to jog my memory of what did happen in Bad Batch season one. A couple of things that comes to mind is, um, the I think it was on Ryloth with the Twi'leks. There were like turbo tanks present. Little City Rebellion. Also the city with the separatist, uh, senator. I I will give it to Lego that those don't really have a lot. Turbo tank. You could potentially make an argument. Get some nice phase two reg clones, but I can see why they didn't. Um, what else? There's also the big thing at the end with Camino falling down. I think that, yeah, the scale of Camino is just way too large. I'll, I'll give it. Yeah, I think now that I think about it more, the only other thing I could reasonably think of is, uh, maybe Crosshair and his Imperial gang on those gunship dropship thingies. But honestly, I can, yeah, I agree. I think this is one of the things I will give to Lego. I think. Cad Bane's Justifier was the best thing given Cad Bane's status and I mean who doesn't want that badass bounty hunter ship you know? It's been, for my fans at least that I've seen on my channel uh, has been by far the most popular 
uh, set of the Summer Wave. You as know. well as the Talents also. I oh yeah, the Inquisitor uh, mm -hmm. and also Obi-Wan. So th there's been a lot of Sansa and also I've just watched the, we just watched the first three episodes of Andor. You guys nailed this set. This is actually perfect. Like, mm -hmm. the ship's great. I guess the only thing that unfortunately I'm going to assume that uh, based off the concept art when you guys were designing the set, you didn't know that the characters come out through the back and no. to the sides? No, there's some of those things we had no, uh, yeah, <laughs> just even getting, being able to get the shape right was, so we were happy to, to, yeah. to hit that much reference. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I was surprised, like, uh, definitely the cockpit area is actually fairly accurate to what I saw on the show, and, you know, so is the speeder bike, and the characters are actually really great. So it's actually like I love it. Have you guys seen the Andor episodes? We've seen the first three. Yeah. Okay. So you guys have you guys weren't privileged to see them earlier? No. 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 Wow. We watch them on Disney Plus <laughs> every Wednesday. <laughs> nope. Not yeah. So just in case the audio at the being just cut off and we missed the context, basically David was just asking about the most popular sets of the summer: ATTE, Scythe, so on and so forth, and then kind of went off to about the Andor sets. I do agree. I think that. The ambush on Ferrix, I remember that was like the least anticipated set because I guess the show didn't come out yet. People didn't really care. But after watching the show, I'm sure I've seen also online a lot of people suddenly grew interest. And that's just how marketing works. Once you see the stuff, you want the product. And I will agree. That was actually a good, well-designed ship. It looks great. And it's also interesting to note that the designers did not have a lot of like early access they even said it's rather difficult for them to find or be given footage and access of it so definitely interesting to see has there were some minor inaccuracies to no fault of lego that is simply how it goes another recent example i can think of is kylo ren's shuttle the original one in 2015 was just completely off wrong color wrong functions everything but that was just given because of the source material they got it right later on with the other shuttle in 2019. And I wonder if this set would be big enough for them to consider revisiting. Probably not because it's such a minor thing, but definitely interesting to see that. That's not necessarily every, everything is like on Lego. It's like, that was the hand they were dealt. Yeah. And so, we are paying for the, uh, our own subscription. That's right, yeah, I'm out of pocket. Oh yeah, <laughs> this is. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, but yeah, so it was, so I, I, I'm curious actually, when you, when you guys, who, did, did any of you guys design this? No one were designers. Okay, I'm just curious like when they, when they go back and like, oh, I'm, I'm glad I got it right, or oh darn, I wish I missed Oh, we'll that. definitely feed it back. There was a lot of uh, uh, feedback in the team on uh, on the design of that, because mm -hmm. uh, it, it's, it's a tricky ship, uh, even though it's small. Mm. I mean, uh, yeah. Anyway, you got, you got the functionality right. I mean, that actually pops up in the show too. I was mm -hmm. like, oh, that's awesome. But it is funny how you, um, when you do what we do, and then watching the content, mm -hmm. it changes how you experience it because right. you're always paying attention to these little details, mm -hmm. wanting to know, you know, if it is something that is going to be brand new. And we mm -hmm. have uh, something coming out. You pay attention to the uh, those little details, see if you got it right, see yeah. what's different. Yeah. Well, I watched the episode last night, I mean, the speeder popped out, and I'm like, hey, it looks exactly like the Lego one. <laughs> I recognized it immediately. We will definitely take that feedback. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess it's a given, but it's just reassuring to hear that the Lego designers do actually watch the shows and keep up with the material, like they said with Andor. I guess a little unfortunate they don't get free subscriptions or any of that, given that they're literally working with Disney on this product, but it is what it is. Interesting, though, that they actually do keep up with the material. They keep an eye on it. And yet sometimes they make out sets that are just outright like head scratchers. And I don't know, maybe they envisioned it differently through the creative process. But 
yeah, I think overall is a positive takeaway that they actually do watch and keep track of the source material because I know usually one of the common insults people have online when they get frustrated with like a poor set is like, do they even like watch or know anything about Star Wars? Um, so uh, going back to the ATTE, um, mm-hmm. so it obviously includes a very highly anticipated uh, figure that the fans had been requesting for a long time, which is the uh, Phase 2 Commander Cody minifigure, which everybody's very excited to have. I was very excited <laughs> to see. Great, great addition to have that. My, you know, I have a theory, and uh, the, the my, my theory is that, you know, earlier in the uh, January wave of 22, you had the uh, Geonosis uh, minifigure pack, the accessory pack, um, and that was uh, Geonosis Space Phase 1 Clone Troopers. This ATTE was it conceptualized to be based off Episode Two originally, then based off fan feedback from 2021 with the gunship and that thing, where fans were really disappointed that they didn't uh, didn't get a uh, Phase Two Cody as a lot of mm. them uh, had wanted through the through the poll system on that mm-hmm. and everything that happened with that. Um, w- did that change the minifigures of this, or was it always conceptualized to be an Episode Three set? I think we were always pretty solid on wanting uh, to place it during that time frame. Cody was one that I think from very early on we're we're gonna have him in there. Okay. There was, um, and I think it was pretty much uh, Revenge of the Sith where we were saying we we're gonna do it. There was some um, I think debate at some point around the the um, selection of minifigures from this context, but. Mm. In the end, we decided it would be cool to do kind of like a huge, almost a huge battle pack concept, we called it, where you get many, many clones, yeah. several different kinds, uh, and so th- this is what we landed with, yeah. I that guess was, I guess part of the reason why I also theorize is that it has a spider droid in it instead of, and that's what makes me think episode two, instead mm-hmm. of a, a crab droid. Why, and that was the only gripe I, I and fans <laughs> had, is why not put the uh, the brown crab droid in the set? Because that, mm-hmm. that has been made, we've gotten spider droids and many, many other Star Wars sets over the years. Why not a crab droid? Hmm. Yeah, that's a good, good question. question. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm just bringing what uh, myself yeah, and fans yeah, uh, cool. yeah, yeah. uh, just talk about. But yeah. what, Wow, quite a bit to unpack here, but it does look like Lego doesn't necessarily bend to what the community says. So they were stuck on Command Phase 2 Cody being as part of the set. I'm sure you've certainly heard some of the drama with that as it's been going for years. People begging for Phase 2 Commander Cody, basically rioting online about it. And very interesting to see. Like Lego um, does design sets years in advance. So like they're already they already have like plans for the next two, three years of sets ready. So it looks like even when fan feedback does come up, their schedule is pretty hard set. So it's not like they can automatically change it. It's, it has to come later. So I can't imagine as like a designer hearing all these people yell at you about something that you know will come out in two years. You just got to wait kind of thing. I guess it's one of those play and wait games. But on to the second part. I think I praised them a little too early. Like right when David brings up the crab droid because they were they were like, yeah, this is based on episode three. Where's the crab droid? Because crab droids were prevalent in episode three. You literally see them right there in front of your face. And it's like, "Mm, are they really watching? Or are they just turning their brains off when they watch kind of thing? You know, just interesting little nitpicky stuff, but just interesting. Was it considered or uh, or was it just the spider droid from the beginning? It was actually the spider droid from the beginning. Uh, I don't know. I I don't remember what I was talking about. Okay. Well... 
a battle pack in the future or anything like that. Mm. I, I can tell you, fans definitely uh, they want, that crab want a crab droid. droid. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's an interesting looking droid. Good to know. Yeah. Yeah. You see these guys just gonna yeah, go exactly. on top Jump of this. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I think there's also excitement now because of these figures existing now and everything like that. Mm, sure. Thank you, David, for requesting a crab droid. We do want it, and I'm just going to be part of the circle jerk of what every Star Wars fan complains about. Can you please also request Phase 2 regular clones, Phase 2 battle packs, Phase 2 everything battle packs? Can we get 6,000 stormtroopers in a battle pack? Can we get this commander? Can we get this irrelevant dude that showed up for two chapters in a comic? Can we get this and that? Like... Yeah, it's nice to see that David Destiny did drop something in for them. And now that they're aware that Crab Droid is wanted, hopefully that will bear for some fruit. But yeah, I think there is a nice balance there where the community definitely does complain too much. They like beg for everything, just impossible, not feasible, and probably will not sell very well outside of like fan markets. Because we got to remember, Lego Star Wars also has a big appeal to outside fans. It also has appeals to like that. Uh, what that, like the grandma trying to buy something for her kids for their Christmas or something? She doesn't know, and quite frankly, does not care that Phase Two Commander Wolf came in a battle pack. She just cares that there's this cool-looking gray spaceship that she knows looks big and nice for the kids. Like, gotta remember that too. Yeah, Nitty gritty of the clone troopers, you know, uh, recently with the start of the five of first clone trooper set in 2020, hmm. um, and then you know you had the. Um, the Republic fighter tank with the 287, which is very strange outlier set too, by the way. Like, <laughs> I kind of want to bring that up in a second, but um, and and now you have the uh, the 212. They all uh, use the, the um, I guess what fans are calling the hybrid armor, and this is I guess more directly to you. Mm. It, you know, there used to be a difference between Phase One and Phase Two clone trooper designs in the earlier days, like 2005, 2010, the clone mm. trooper stuff like that. Yeah, was coming out. Now it seems like, and uh, you know, with the Phase Two clone troopers in this set. And then you have the phase one and the uh, the uh, accessory pack, the Genos accessory sure. pack from earlier yes. this year. They're using the same armor design. That's right. Um, and so, you know, have you guys considered going back to separating the two armor designs? Mm. Um, this is like, I'd say this design skews more to the Clone Wars show than it does the uh, realistic show. Because I also go back to the um, 2014 version of the 212th Clone Troopers where those had a more realistic armor design to the phase mm, two versus these have the more clone wars design um you know has that been considered talked about yeah so when um we were this was i guess it was for the 501st when we kind of introduced the the new look of the of the clone armor um the question was like we don't want to have multiple styles essentially okay. uh we've maybe done that at certain times but right now kind of the idea is to have consistency across the look of the clone troopers we have from you know if you get this one or you get um you know another set from a different piece of content that's not based off the movies it's based off clone wars mm -hmm. um just to have them looking correct next to each other mm -hmm. um so if you do look at the the um armor of like the clones uh from like phase one or phase two very similar right they, uh i don't even know if there really are any major differences unless you have someone like cody or the 212 you have the markings and mm -hmm. of course we differentiate them with um uh like the battle scarring and mm -hmm. all that sorts of stuff mm -hmm. so um i guess it's more of um uh, a way to have it consistent across all of our products mm -hmm. um and not have kind of a, a friend interesting yeah so you'll see in a later episode this week where i do talk about battle packs and the hotly contested topic clones definitely expand more there but i see david like acknowledge like it's good to see that david's in touch with the community because he is a big part of it and asking like 
really pressing questions that do matter to people, like clone troopers, the consistency, and the printing. I'm going to be very honest. I don't give a rat's left ball about the printing like that. I know some people, they get all whiny about like, oh, the hips are supposed to be this color, not white, or this armor is slightly different. I'm like, I don't care. I'm here to buy a Lego set and a minifigure. Like, if it looks good enough, it's good enough. Like, I'm not buying an action figure where it has to be perfect. I think, I don't know, I find it overreaction from a lot of people about clone troopers being perfect, and I think the designer response is perfect, yeah. Trying to make it uniform across all clone troopers definitely makes it easier for them to, like, make it uniform printing-wise and everything. Um, also add some consistency, so it's like, all these clone troopers are going to follow this, there's no random guessing of this or that. Also nice that they did acknowledge that specialist clones will be different, but yeah, overall, I will side with the designers on this that, like, I think people just care too much about, like, one hip being a slightly different color or different thing. I'm like, who cares? Like, what? Fragmented design language. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. Cool. Um, and then also, I, I, I hate to continue about the clone troopers, but they had a redesigned helmet for this set um, where they added the uh, the little holes. Yes. Yeah. From what I've seen from fans, and myself included, we're all confused. How come it wasn't decided to just remove the the bottom like molded holes and and because the original, uh, I guess the uh, the phase one clone troopers from the Clone Wars era of sets in two thousand ten mm. era, they had the holes in replacement of that of uh, the actual physical holes to attach the uh, the accessories. How come it, they weren't removed? I suppose for the new version, um, obviously you want the you know the detail, but it, it looks mm. very strange, I guess, to fans mm. having like two holes on top of each other. I suppose, mm. like the physical one and the the molded one. Yeah, yeah well, that, one of the reasons here was we have these accessories in the visor, right? And needs to sit correct uh, on the helmet, so it kind of defined how the it, location. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, it, so that was that's that's really uh, yeah when it yeah. goes down and yeah. also just you know when you do look at Commander Cody it actually is a connection point I think above yeah. the the built-in hole yeah. so that was a so factor it's, too. It's, it's one thing to consider is that the radius running from the hole but over to it's not incorrect no, uh, no, yeah, the placement yeah. so no. yeah, but the radius has to be the same in the uh, running around the front mm. as it is over the. <coughs> Because yeah. if otherwise, when you lift the visor, there'll be a huge gap, or else the visor will hit the top right. of the helmet. Mm -hmm. So if you lower the holes, the visor might sit fine here, mm -hmm. but then you normally be able to get it to there. Gotcha. So that has. It's an equation. Yeah. 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 I guess my question is, what was it considered just removing the molded part of the hole, like keeping the holes where they are now, obviously, because that mm. needed to physically be there to make it work. Um, but was it ever considered to remove the the molded part that the hole under the actual physical hole? And that sounds very confusing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, was that was that ever considered? Like we would have to lift the physically molded hole, but then no, kind of we didn't. It. I don't think because that wouldn't have been correct either. No. So. No. Um, yeah, this was so this is the compromise. This was the compromise. Yeah, compromise between all the things that needed to work together. Yeah, I guess we're going back to the thing where fans are just complaining about every little thing. But I think this one is actually quite valid. So I'm sure, as you know, with the Phase Two clone helmets, they have like the little raised bumps on the sides of their heads. I think it's meant to represent like the comlinks or something. And right above that, they modified to add holes on top to be uh, give people the option to attach things and I think the main gripe people had was like why not use the raised bump and use the hole there but as they said like the helmet mold is specifically designed to be one way so adding this would not fit because certain objects will not interact correctly 
fair enough. And I think like with the visors, the way the the black like view vision ports are made, the visors would interfere with it, I think. So honestly it's a lose lose with Lego here. Like you either add the holes there, get fans upset that those holes even exist, or you do what they do and remove those holes and mess it up the other way and fans are still gonna be upset. Like unless they completely redesign the helmet, which I don't think would be feasible or make much sense since they're essentially just taking the current phase two helmet and adding a slight modification, which is all it really should be. Like, yeah, I, I think this one's just a tough one overall for everyone involved. Like, I don't think there's a perfect scenario unless you want to get inefficient and completely redesign a helmet from ground up, which I think just isn't feasible or makes sense. Work together, I suppose you'd say. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. I've been asking. Well, <laughs> well, I'm just looking forward to this. I wanted him to take the yes. lead on this. But, um, I just, I guess, it just the nature of the phase two design is why I was like that. Because in, I mean, in, it's at least I remember pretty distinctly the visor on phase two uh, armor. It doesn't even go to the holes. It just, it just covers the little small thing right above the. Yeah, it so. doesn't. It does not go to the holes on the helmet. It's above. Yeah. Uh, right. Kind of yeah. where that clicks in. Um, which is yeah, it has to touch somewhere. It's yeah. gotta go in a hole. Yeah, it does. And and we know that when the fans or the children know that that clicks in and moves, if it doesn't move, and every time they try to move it, it pops out of the holes. Yeah. Then it's a disappointment yeah. factor. So it's about trying to make it all yeah. Fun, and of course, a, a visorless Cody was never on the table. <laughs> no. Uproar. Was it ever uh, considered molding the orange visor into the helmet itself? Uh, no, I don't think we went that way. We wanted it a little bit more, you know, uh, we'll, we'll use this feature, of course, uh, many more times in the future. So having the, the helmet with the hole will be beneficial moving forward, too, yeah. for yeah. lots of characters. Yeah, and it will also be very, very difficult for us to decorate all mm -hmm. the face details. If that is true. Yep, the visor. I would say impossible. Mm -hmm. To get the tampo so, uh, pad yeah, in there yeah. to print the, mm -hmm. yeah, that so, would have been yeah. impossible, that's true. I don't know if you've ever seen the decoration process, but there's this, this big silicone, silicone big printer that yeah, picks printer, up the ink yeah. and, mm -hmm. just, yeah. and and if it there's anything any ridges sticking up, it makes it difficult for yeah. it. Yeah, mm -hmm. defines a lot of what we can and can't. Uh, yeah, so I came, I came in here thinking kind of what the fans were about the holes, not liking <laughs> them, but now I totally understand. I can't see a better option. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I remember. Back when the leaks were coming out, people were hoping that the Phase 2 helmet for Cody was like molded where the visor and little antenna on top would be just built in, no attachments. In an ideal world, I would have loved that too. I think that would have been most accurate. But, you know, I, I knew it wouldn't be realistic because I'm sure there were molding issues and I'm sure having a tiny plastic piece attached to that would be stability issues like I could see easily snapping off inside the box as it's being shipped and stuff and a lot of people wind it with broken antennas and things so I think that is fine honestly um not much to say there I I would have li like like just just to clarify I would have loved uh molded it molded on but I understand why it wasn't it makes sense and I think overall based on like this first half of the interview I really liked the dynamic between the two sides david doesn't back down but he's also not aggressive about it he like he knows how to use his words right to get a demanding point across without like making it an insult while the designers like they were i liked it that they were pretty open and honest about things like they would say like oh yeah we thought this and that it's not it wasn't like corporate talk like 
this, this, like, oh, we're not sure or things like that. Like they were very open and embraced like the criticism and stuff. Definitely some like interesting things to take away from this. And next week we'll continue with part two of the interview where I react to the rest of it. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure you leave a like and rating on Spotify, Anchor, or whatever platform you listen on. Be sure to hit that like button, subscribe, whatever it's called. And yeah, take care. I'll see you next time.